With those things being said, um, I really pray that the thought, I'm hoping I'm not going to do the whole thing where I'm out of myself and talking to myself and wondering, is this point getting across? I desire that it does. Because it is so close to the heart, as he was saying on Sunday night, go the direction you choose. I said, you know, I really, I really do, and I, I want to make it that it's definitely personal, but I don't want to get it to this point where it's become some type of soliloquy or some type of testimony, but I really do want to show what God is teaching me. The book of James has definitely been that for me, for certain. Uh, if I were to say to go to the book of James, I don't think I can make without for Ryan because there's been so much that God has used in that of giving joy through what we can go through and how then, how we count the things that he has asked us, the things he's order us with joy. But really, I, I, I really would just want to go to a passage that I, I believe refocuses me. How I got to the path that the Lord then has where I am currently. You know, um, my wife will jokingly say this if somebody asks, so Adrian seems to be kind of a, you know, like a really, you know, just talking to talk, talk to God. Like, what's real Adrian really like? And my wife will usually use this when somebody asks her that question. She says, if you want to know about Adrian's personality, Adrian pretty much a sum up personality is Adrian eats elephants for breakfast. That's how she will sum up me. And so it's kind of one of those things where what does she mean by that? Basically, what she's saying is because when there are elephants, meaning elephants inside of a room, that Adrian doesn't let it continue to go on. By breakfast time, we're chopping that bad boy up and being like, hey, what's going on? Like, if there's awkwardness between us, bro, we got to talk. <laughs> you know, like, like we're not going to sit here and pretend that something's not going on when something is. Meaning that Adrian really just kind of goes at it. <laughs> you know, like, like, let's go ahead and whatever it is, let's go ahead and have this conversation now. Because of that kind of being part of, I guess, my DNA to some degree, I really then never thought that it could be possible that I would strive to be able to have hard conversations. I don't mind hard conversations. I don't mind sitting with somebody and sitting down and saying something that's tough or difficult or whatever it is. I come in, I try my best, come in humbly to try to think through things. But for me, I am missing that gene where it's really like, oh, I will never do that because to me the outcome is worth greater than me that that fear that I have going into it but since I thought that about myself I never thought that I would ever struggle to have any conversation whatsoever I don't really mind give me the right setting give me the right time we will figure out a way be able to have that conversation until one day a couple of years ago when there came to be a time when I had the hardest conversation of my life and I believe one of the hardest conversations that we will ever have is a conversation you have with yourself it's a conversation that man as you are there in your quiet time with the Lord, and sometimes we might think to ourselves, it's a mind-wandering situation, but many times it's a time when then these raw questions come up as the Lord is speaking to you, as you're then asking the Lord, Lord, please show me what I need to do within my life. Show me the areas, my blind spots to which I need to see. You see people that in Scripture who have this conversation with themselves, the prodigal son 
and had this conversation, there was a type, what the Bible said, he came to himself. He's sitting there, and then logically, he's putting dots together. If I just go back to my home, if I go back to my dad, I will eat better than what I am currently. Like, he has his conversation in his mind. Judas, he even has a conversation. After he betrays the Son of God and the wording, there's this moment of clarity that he has within his life. Now, he made a bad decision, and he went out and hung himself. But when you look at it, there comes a moment, a time, when God kind of shows and illuminates something in your mind, and you then have to ask an an unbiased, absolutely brutally honest questions to yourself you know it could be a number of things you know if i if i don't change this habit i will lose my family if i keep eating like this i'm going to die if i do not kick this habit then I will lose. Like what I'm saying is these moments where it's like there's no showmanship. You know what I mean? There's no like I'm trying to get one over someone else. No, it's a straight up conversation when it's like let's just not try to be anything. Let's just be honest. And then when that conversation happens, you got to do something with it. When God speaks to your heart in that way and it's like it causes a focus shift. I want to look at a focus-shifting text. It's in the book of Luke, chapter number 10. I want you to see this familiar story, but I want you to understand it in light of this, of a refocusing. After any conversation, there's a pondering, there's a refocusing. You know, after, uh, when I got to, from the airport pulled on in, and then there was, you know, Dan and Matt, and we were talking and stuff, and we had lunch together and stuff. Like, we had a conversation, and then later on, I went back to my room, and I was, like, processing and thinking about the conversation. You know, there's some thoughts like, oh, that's right, he did say that. Oh, that's right, he did. Like, there's a refocusing. There's, there's something that takes place after you have that, and when you have this brutal conversation with yourself, there's this moment of then refocusing, and so when I see this passage, I wanted to look through it at, I mean, look at it at this lens. Now, just so you understand, in Luke 10, verse 38, obviously, there's a lot of background to be given. The only background specifically that I want to be make sure is highlighted is the fact that Martha is receiving a guest into her house. Let's read the story. That's very short, but still, I want us to understand it clearly. Then we're going to look at this focus-fixing situation. In verse number 38, it says this, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, why thou... Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto him, said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled, very important words, about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's have a word of prayer as we begin looking at this, this, this tough conversation that I've had. And by God's grace, what I'm going to do about the conversation, Lord's later on. Lord, I do thank you for the Bible. I, I, I thank you for truth. Um, Lord, glory goes to you. 
I don't want there to be anything than the idol that is inside of my life that's greater than worshiping and giving you glory. Lord, I love your church. Lord, I love, Lord, the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for this localized assembly of Northside. Lord, my heart is very knit to this group that is here. Lord, I know that we don't see each other often, but Lord, I know I walk into a place and I can feel the prayers flowing off people for me. I'm grateful for that, Lord, and I, it breeds a responsibility within me. Lord, it breeds inside of me, Lord, a desire, Lord, to be of help. But Lord, I know I cannot do that on my own. I want to, but I need you. I need you, Father. Lord, I, I want you to be glorified during this time. And I pray, Lord, that because I do believe that our focuses are, Lord, aligned, Lord, that a group of people that desires the word and loves the word will be blessed by the word. So I'm praying that, Lord, the word would do is, Lord, that you would use it, Lord, to speak in a way that I'm, I'm not really even sure of. Why well, Lord, share what you've been teaching me, and I pray that you would allow us, Lord, to always have our focus exactly where it should be. I thank you so much for everything you've done and all that you will do in Christ's name we pray it all. Amen. As you, I want you as we look at this story, the only thing I really want to highlight as far as in a background sense is the cultural reality that is taking place. You know, many times when you knock on doors, I don't know if you just knock on doors and just say hi to people or whatever it is, but generally, if you knock on my door, the number one thing is, are you a delivery man? And if you're not a delivery man, what do you want? <laughs> you know, it's not very common in our time. We look through a little ring doorbell and wonder, why are they standing there at our door? In this case, obviously, inside of Bible times, having a guest was a huge deal. I mean, like time would stop. Abraham, remember, there's a, two guests came and immediately go out and they kill this this calf and they get, I mean, this, yeah, kill this calf and they get everything prepared for this guest. You know, and I want you to understand that when Martha then sees Jesus coming, obviously, whether a surprise or whatever, she's preparing the house. Now, understand that it is a huge responsibility as a person who takes care of a home how the guest is treated. It is all about the guest. This is a terrible, terrible illustration of it, but it does show forth at least the power behind it. Many of you know the story of a lot. And as he was in his house, and then remember, those men came to his house, and they wanted the guest that Lot had. Remember that he offered his daughters instead of the guest. Thinking, keeping in mind, the cultural reality is there can there. If as a man, if I come to your house and something happens, shame would be upon you. The fact that I came to your house and was not safe, oh man, your family name would be ruined. And he was willing to sacrifice his own family for his guest. What I'm just making a point of, so you see, is having a guest come to your home was a very, very big deal. And obviously the guest is Jesus that is coming where Martha is. Obviously she's getting everything prepared and and it says this, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So and as we methodically go through, we see that there's a very concerned Martha, and then there's a Mary who is here sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing what he says. But then in verse 40, we see three things that show that focuses are not where they should be. It says, Martha was cumbered about much serving. And then as you find that there's other two other things, but we're just going to stop there with Martha was cumbered. The idea of cumbered is that she was distracted. The idea of distracted is that which is secondary has now become primary. Because of my travel, um, I usually eat in the car a lot, right? Because I go through a drive-thru, keep on the down the road so we can continue to make time. 
There are some meals that are naturally bent, that it's easy to eat them while driving, and there are some that are not really built for eating and driving. Now, whether or not you think a person should eat or drive, I I don't really care, but the fact of the matter is, here is what takes place. I don't mind if you eat and drive as long as driving is primary, (laughs) and not feeding yourself becomes primary. You see what I'm saying? It's like, can it be done to take a bite of a burger and drive down the road? Why, absolutely. The only problem is if you're trying to do a Chipotle bowl of rice and you're trying to get it inside your mouth, what happens? What you're trying to do, the eating, is becoming primary when your primary should be driving, right? The idea is that of distracted. The idea of you can never allow. You are cumbered. You are distracted. There is something that is not saying it's bad or wrong, but it's something that is now taking the place of something that is supposed to be primary inside of my life. So she was cumbered in this idea and then it distracted. But also, not only is she distracted, another sign that the focus is off is this. She is seriously, really, I'm going to use the word emotional, but let me explain what I mean, okay? And says this. But Martha's comforted about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Now, here's why I'm going to use emotional. There's a lot of ways this could have been handled, bro. A lot of ways, right? So here she is, serving, serving. Cumbered, she's distracted because that which is primary has already become secondary, right? Uh, that was just secondary as being, yeah, I said it right. I was confusing my own self, okay? As she's, as she's doing what she's doing, here she comes, and then she walks to where Jesus and Mary are talking. And as they're talking, do you think of, I can think of a hundred ways how this could have gone down. She could have said, hey, Mary. Hey, just a second. Sorry, Jesus, just for a second. Just give me a second. Hey, Mary, I got a couple of things. You mind helping me out over here? Like, but what does she do? She throws the blame and shade on Jesus, man. She looks at Jesus and says, hold up. And she looks at Jesus and says, do you not care? Like, hold up. We're going to look at the God man of the universe who came in an incarnate form to be able to die for the sins of mankind. Oh, you don't care. (laughs) You don't care. That my sister had, like, come on, pump the brakes, Martha. Like, okay, I, I really studied this because obviously there's no emojis in the Bible, even though sometimes I wish there were. Because it would clear up a lot of things of what's a joke, what's not a joke, was he Elijah being serious? You know, like, I, there's many times. But I have read this passage out loud over and over and over and over again. And it's just kind of like, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Lord, dost thou not care that my sister left me serve alone? Lord, dost thou not care? There's no way to say it. The girl's ticked off. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to look at it. She is obviously at that point, right? Now, um, she's preparing. So then I begin to think about it, okay? As she's preparing, most likely she's preparing a meal. We don't know that, but we do find in Scripture that that's pretty much the first thing you get going, as soon as you have a guest, let's get the food going. Then, after I met my wife, Tabitha, and she would vouch for this, so just don't think I'm picking on her, I did not know until marriage counseling, like we were doing the marriage counseling, premarital counseling, and as we were with it, I got introduced to something that I did not know my wife had, well, at the time, my fiance had. My wife, there's like Tabitha, and there's Tabitha. <laughs> and when, tab- when you meet Tabitha, 
when she's hungry. <laughs> like, oh my. <laughs> I actually got her a shirt. It says hangry on it. Like, I, we, it's a joke between us, but it's real. <laughs> you know, like, it's really real. Like, things get a little dicey. I, I keep a granola bar in the back pocket, you know? We go on long trips because you just never, ever know, right? And so what you find is most likely she's preparing a meal, so most likely she's really most She's hungry <laughs> and busy and stressed and secondary. It's become primary. So she's in this position as she's coming to Jesus. Now she then snaps then at Jesus, which I don't know. I, not only I have learned, and this is whew, especially this is is not only does the devil tempt us, but the devil tempts us when we are the most susceptible to temptation too. It's like he timing is like impeccable. Like, like, because if okay, because let's say the devil tempted me in the wilderness and I was walking around. Number one. I don't necessarily lean on the hangry side, but, you know, the emotions can get different if... Now, see, for me, if I get sick, I'm a baby, bro. It's like, like I, I'll be curled up in the bed. I'm going to die. The kids even joke, Dad, do we come by your bed? I know you get the car. You get this. Because you know? I'm like, I'm going to die if I sit here and have this cold or whatever it is. Now, as... as I lost my entire train of thought (laughs) as I was describing all that. Uh, Oh, the devil tells us. So I was in the wilderness at that time, and and the devil came up to me, and I was, you know, let's just say Christ. I could turn the water, I mean, the the stones into bread. He would come up to me, and he would have been like, Adrian, why don't you go ahead, you know, show off. You know, you can turn these stones into bread. I would have been like, nah, but here's what the devil would have done to Adrian. He'd be like, Adrian, turn these stones into biscuits. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you got to say that. You know what I mean? Like, not, not biscuits now. You know what I mean? Like, because he not only knows exactly what my temptation is, but he comes at that right time. And guess what? The timing was perfect. She's hungry. She's stressed. Going, 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 doing, doing, doing. Not bad things, just going, 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 doing, doing, doing. And so she's emotional, but another focus for you know she's fine. If she says this, she's arrogant. Listen to this, the last part of the verse. Bid her therefore that she help me. Whoa. The woman just told Jesus what to do. This is not like her coming in prayer. Lord, please. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The woman looks at Jesus See, here's the irony. The woman looked at God and told him what to do with the very breath God gave her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to tell you how you need to fix this. So, so, do you know what's interesting? These are all signs that my focus has gotten off. Got so many things going on. That now I get really emotional. So if you want to talk to me about it, I get really defensive and I get really emotional. And then even to say bold things that you would never say this, Martha, where you would look at Jesus and say you know better than he does. See that her focus was off. But let's keep going. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. I want to stop there in verse 41. Because... After Martha's tone that we can see just through the words that are here, I mean, Jesus could have really thrown down the hammer right here. I mean, remember Peter did that? Remember Peter, like, you know, when he said his day? Ah, the Lord brought down the hammer pretty good. You know what I'm saying? He didn't mince words. 
He was patient with Martha. To Martha, Martha, Martha. Like, to, like knowing that this woman, I'm sure her intentions are great. I'm sure her intentions are well. And said, thou art careful. Stop there. Thou art careful. Okay, that, that word is, is the same word. Careful is the same word of like thoughts. It's obviously translated careful because even in Philippians 4, it's can't be careful for nothing. So the idea of, is about thoughts. Take no thought for tomorrow. Because many times we have this idea like I'm taking thoughts of like what's coming up, what's coming down the path. How am I going to fix? How am I going to change? What are all the future? What's the future going to look like? And what, he's saying, what she's telling Martha is, Martha, you have so many thoughts be careful. Like you're taking thought, 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 thought from this, thought from here, thought from there. What's going to happen? Are we going to have food? Are we going to have napkins? Are we going to have this? You have to have so many thoughts and thoughts and thoughts that you're trying to handle right now. So she said, he's looking, be careful. So be careful, not be careful, but she's telling her, thou art careful. You have so many thoughts. And then also, you're not only careful with all your thoughts, have all of these thoughts, but also she's troubled. It's the idea of disturbed. Doesn't mean like disturbed, like you know, mentally disturbed. It's, she's been disturbed. Oh, this is this is key to this entire this entire passage, you know. So, um, obviously, you all y'all know my daughters, Jasmine and Janae. Jasmine's gonna be thirteen, Lord willing, January thirty first, and um, Janae is eight. And I knew seven, sorry. And when I I knew that my girls were very different. We've always lived in a forty foot trailer or whatever kind of thing. So we've always been together. And my youngest daughter loves it. Her prayer when we got ready to move to Virginia, I pray there's two bedrooms because I want to share a room with my sister. <laughs> the other sister, I pray there's three bedrooms. <laughs> so I don't have to share a room with my sister. This was, this was like earth shattering, the fact that they would have their own room. Because like I said, we usually we were literally all together all the time, which I love many times I miss, right? And that means as we were all together in one spot, I remember Jasmine, we did find a house that had three bedrooms that we were renting. My Jasmine, Jasmine was ecstatic. She goes in there, she, she does artwork, she does all of her little thing, and she's a very neat, like, I didn't realize that she was that much of a neat freak like her dad, but she is a super, super big neat freak. And so she has everything on her wall, Janae's room, no comment, <laughs> you know, but the, I'll tell him over lunch, the noise I hear the most in our house is this, is, Jasmine, Jasmine, are you, can you hear me? Jasmine, do you want to play Uno? Jasmine, no, okay, then she goes somewhere else. Dad, do you want to play Guess Who? You know, like, Janae does not like to be alone. So, Jasmine then did something for her room, which we allowed her, even though now I come to have regrets. I had a picture, do you have that picture? That's there. So Jasmine put on her room, this is her door over here, and here's a highlighted portion of right up close. We let her, she said, Dad, can I put this on? I'm not going to use it all the time, but Dad, she's like always coming in my room. Because she likes to make little clay earrings. That's like her thing. She got some little thing for Christmas where she takes the clay and, you know, does whatever it is with it. And I said, okay. When you're working on your stuff that's very sensitive, you can put that sign that is out, is that do not disturb. Now, obviously, we know what disturb means, but I want to give you a definition because I want you to understand how this is then going to include what Martha's talking about. What Jasmine is saying is, what I am doing in here is more of a priority that is out there. See what I'm saying? What I'm doing in here... It's more of a priority 
than out there. So, so he's saying, Martha, here's what you're doing. You're taking all of these thoughts. And as you're taking all of these thoughts, we will come down into verse and just kind of see it, but we'll highlight it really quickly here is, wait a second. The one thing that is needful is a disturbance to you. The one thing I'm asking, you have literally gone to your heart and says, do not disturb because all of my thoughts, all that I'm doing is greater than what you have asked of me. Let's get to the passage, getting ahead of myself. But obviously, it continues in verse number 42. But one thing is needful. He corrects her thoughts. He corrects her focus. And she says to this, and Jesus answered, I'm sorry, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that, that, um, that good part. So he takes it. And, you know, many times, you know, I don't understand we do this, this thing of like, let's not compare ourselves, whatever it is. But Jesus made the comparison. And he then made it very clear. Mary, what Mary's doing, what Martha's doing. What Mary is doing is what I asked. And it was pretty clear. And it says this, hold up, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part. And what did Jesus say? Which shall not be taken away from her. Like, no, you ain't, you ain't taking her away from this. No, you ain't going, you, no, 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 no. You might be having all your thoughts but your thoughts are secondary to the primary and you're not going to take Mary away from what the thing that is needful. You're not going to get yourself a little posse of people who you feel are doing really, really good things because they're your thoughts, because I am arrogant enough that my plan is better than God's plan and so therefore I'm going to get this posse together because that's what my mind has conceived that then I'm going to do things that I, ha- that I believe are, that are secondary and then neglect the primary that God has asked of me. See, it comes down to this. The, um, sorry, I just lost my notes here. (laughs) The main thing, sorry, Martha's extra thoughts had made it that the main objective had become a disturbance. Martha's extra thoughts made it that the main objective had become a disturbance. Now, that's the passage. Then I'll just tell you how it meant to me and then We'll call it a day. You know, so this is the refocusing. So you have a conversation with yourself. And I'll tell you the conversation, and I'll be transparent. I'll tell you the conversation. That was, um, I have people that tell me this, but you can't sustain this pace. You can't be everything to everybody. Or eventually, Adrian, you'll be nothing to nobody. I'm addicted to productivity. I am. I don't believe in addition. I only believe in multiplication. There's only one mode. It's 101. I go. And I move. It's been evident since the finishing of passing that diploma up there at college and to the time of ministry and going forward. And the conversation that yielded from that then came and says, okay, okay, it takes time to get to that. People can tell you. You need to fill in the blank, and people can say, and well-meaning people can do, but then there's just something about when you're alone with God, and that conversation happens, prodigal son style, and it's like, oh, okay, let me refocus. 
And then you begin to refocus and begin to look at it and it says, okay, have I become distracted? Has there been many things that I can't necessarily find in Scripture that I have mandated as if they were greater than other things? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Am I, sometimes I didn't have to say, am I being emotional about these decisions? Because, I mean, come on, anything that you have seen come from this to this over on this side, there's going to be emotional attachments. And then there's certain situations where friends were saying, Adrian, you know, look, I think you're right about X, Y, Z. But you know what? I'm just telling you, bro, I'm your friend, but I think it could be handled differently. Just like Martha. Like, I hear you. I see it. I see where you're coming from. You seem to be frustrated. You seem to be stretched. You seem to got a lot going on. But it seems that there are certain situations that you possibly could, not saying it's bad, but you could be handling differently. Then the fact of arrogant. <laughs> how can you argue with logic? <laughs> if you, how, you have more opportunity, you have more ministry influence by taking more meetings. <laughs> if you preach to more people, then you reach more people. That's just how it works. You think I'm going to be an idiot to be able to then say I'm going to do less and feel like the whole less is more and use that as some type of banner to make myself feel good about myself? No. How do you go forward? You continue. You move. You go. You do. And then that refocusing then and that conversation then led. Okay? So as you're refocusing yourself, you hear that echo of one thing is needful. You have, Adrian, you have all of these extra thoughts. Where is your main objective? From there, I began to pray. From there, reach out to people like your pastor. I began to say, okay, let's just go. The things that I know that I'm supposed to do, the things that I don't have to argue about, the thing that there's really no fuzziness whatsoever. I am a believer in Lord Jesus Christ, therefore I am going to give my all to have a relationship with the God of the universe every single day of my life. No question, non-negotiables, I call them in my life. That's number one. Non-negotiable number two, I've married a wife. I don't have to pray about that. I don't have to pray, should I be a husband that loves God and honors God? And Should I be a husband that doesn't place her in the importance that she's... Do I have to pray about that? We beg God for kids. I remember coming out of the OB when my wife and I were just getting together and looked at us and said, your percentage chance is 2% of having biological children. Uh, we beg God for both of our kids. And as both of our kids, every kid's a miracle, but especially our two. And as we look at our two kids, and then I know I don't have to pray about those things. I begin to take all the different things and then begin to put them, if there is an order, to put in an order. And I begin to say, I'm supposed to be, take the gift. I'm supposed to be working in the body of Christ. I know that I am supposed to somehow use it. What does it look like? I don't know. Then when that focus became, I was then met with a decision. A decision that I undoubtedly for me was, there is much fear and trepidation. Folks, I have preached in 16 years old. That was the first time that somebody called me and said, Adrian, will you preach at my church? I am 39. It's really in some ways became my identity. It's not a bad thing to be a preacher, but when, it's, when my identity becomes something that is collapsible, we have a problem. 
because that might not be the implementation that God has for the rest of your days. I remember I remember thinking inside of my heart, Lord, I want to correct my focus. But then when I then look at this passage, I'm like, don't you come over here because this part, the end part, um, and Mary chose that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. See, here's what my strategy was. I am by nature, I guess, on the disc profile of whatever, an influencer, right? So I, I like to influence people, <laughs> like, you know, in a way that kind of be able to be like, oh, you really want to be able to do this. You really want to do this. And so my way of then defending my position would be a position of like, see, don't you see what I say? makes logical sense doesn't it make sense that i would do a b all these thoughts all these thoughts right right affirm me affirm me. yes right yes right yes right yes right yes and taking all these thoughts and then the one that finally got me because i remember because again i was like textbook style not focused textbook after that conversation and then adrian are you doing the one thing the one thing that I've asked. And with your prayers, I stepped out. What is it going to look like in the future? I don't know. But the overwhelming thought that I close with is this. Is God, this was the, the, the solace from this passage that I walked and said, God, This is my implementation. Here's what I desire to do. I enjoyed the accolade of busy. Busy shows value. Busy shows worth. Busy shows you're needed. Busy shows that, wow. I mean, like there's a a little inward, yeah, every time I talk about just how crazy things are for me, right? Pride, it's it's real. It's me, you know? My, My mentor called me and says, what are you doing? Oh, just flew back from uh, Nicaragua, getting ready to head out such and such. Oh, sorry, only got two minutes, bro. Got to go, you know. Like, I, it was bad, but at the same time, it's like, see, he knows I love Jesus. Because all these thoughts, thought, 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 got it, this, this, all this. <laughs> Shows my worth, but then it's like, okay, here's what, here's what. God has given me enough time to do everything he wants me to do. I am beating my head on a wall. It might be that I'm doing extra thoughts that God did not ask me to do. No one said Martha was doing bad things. It's just, for me, the Lord's taking me on a journey to figure out what that one thing looks like because he truly has given me enough time to do everything he wants me to do. I hope whatever it looks like, whatever season or however the implementation of this passage is inside of your life, I, I give a testimony unashamedly because I know this church and I appreciate the love and, and the prayers that have been given to me that can actually be felt by our family to share with you God's direction but also as God's help because there are times that, my friend, you might need to go ahead and have the toughest conversation you've ever, you might need to have the toughest conversation you've ever had. And that's not with your boss to ask him for a raise. It is not to be able to talk about something that needs a change within your marriage. It's the conversation you'll have with yourself. And then what will we do? Let's pray together. Lord, this has been a refocusing passage for me. I know I'm sufficient, Lord, to be able to share your word. But, Lord, I desire that in some way, shape, or form 
Lord, that you would just use this. Lord, I, I don't want to miss out on the thing you want me to do. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to miss out, like, Lord, to do so many thoughts, have that thought, this thought, this thought, and do all these thoughts, and do all these things, and then miss out on the very ones, Lord, you have ordained of God for me to do. I thank you, Lord, in this journey for the counsel and the prayers of friends and those who love our family. Lord, I want you to be honored and glorified. And even though, Lord, in this stage right now in 24, that is a road that just is completely paved with faith, with my eyes blinded to what it might be. But, Lord, we are trusting you. I pray, Lord, for those in this place who are hit every target textbook, not focused like Martha. Things that are secondary become primary and emotional and arrogant. And Lord, so many of these things that come to play in this. I pray that you would allow, Lord, there be a tenderness and a willingness for your Holy Spirit to be Martha, Martha. Adrian, Adrian. That I won't miss out on the thing that is needful. Continue to use your word in this place. May it continue to thrive in a way that only you can make it thrive. Because in Christ, and he certainly prayed all. Amen. Pastor Dan, you can close.